0: Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut! Golly! Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round two recap of the Sony Open. And joining me to break it all down, there he is. He's ready to rock and roll. It's the coach. What up, coach?
1: You're damn right I am. There's <laughs> nothing I like doing more on a Friday night now than spinning it with you, my boy, from the First Cup Podcast. But I got to tell you, Rick, I'm feeling a little bit extra, and I know it's the kiss of death, to yes. look at our picks that we Careful. made Tuesday. I know, I know, <laughs> but it's going to be rare that every single one of my picks on Friday night is going to is gonna be coming in. So I'm patting myself on the back right now. I've already won one. It's already over. Yep. Because Abraham answer didn't make the cut. But my other ones are looking great right now. So I feel pretty good after a 0 for a week last week.
0: Coach's betting card is very, very live. He's already locked in one win, so we'll keep an eye on that over the course of the next couple days. There it is, Joaquin Neiman over Abraham Anser. A couple other matchups with Henley ahead of Palmer, Simpson over Morikawa, and Joaquin Neiman to finish inside the top 10. So, Coach, uh, you know, as we say, the good news is there's plenty of golf left. The bad news is there's plenty of golf left.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I'll take take a six-shot lead in one, and I'll take Webb Simpson, who loves this course, in the other. So I'm, uh, I'm good. I'm good
0: for sure. And we're going to talk through a couple of notable names here on the leaderboard at the Sony open. But just before we jump into that, I see 13 golfers within three shots. I see every single golfer who made the cut within eight and within six of second place. This is what you'd describe as a log jam. The weekend is going to be absolutely wild in Honolulu. I,
1: I love weekends like this when legitimately Somebody teeing off tomorrow morning at you know 7.30 could be in the top 10 by the end of the day. And I loved also what Harris English said in his post-round because he had a, an even round par, which which we expect, right? We expect when somebody wins the next very next round. But then he said, I had a couple of mental lapses. I, I, I'm looking at Harris English. If you're looking at the guys that are that are back, and really I want to start at the 10-unders because only Nick Taylor's at 12. Uh, Harris English is four back. Of those guys, I'm targeting him because he said, I absolutely believe I can lo- go low again tomorrow I'm confident and when I hear somebody say that then I'm gonna target them for a round t- uh round three pick tomorrow
0: yeah he actually said it was a uh, mental lapses he just wasn't yeah. locked in and he figured it out on Friday and he rolls over and 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 fires something uh what do you shoot 64? 64 yeah, 64 on six, Friday
1: four yeah. It was a
0: 62 on Friday for Nick Taylor, which vaults him into the lead. You mentioned it two shots clear of the chase pack, which includes Stewart sink, Webb Simpson, Russell Henley and Vaughn Taylor. But let's focus on Nick Taylor, who is approaching the one year anniversary of his victory last year at the AT&T Pebble beach. He shot a, uh, he actually had a bogey on the card offset it with an Eagle to get into that 62 and coach, um, he had what I would describe as a very generous drop on his final hole of the day, the ninth hole, where he got relief from uh, what is essentially the driving range and turned it into a birdie.
1: What, what was the word you used? A, a uh,
0: I said generous.
1: <laughs> I, generous. I call it BS. I call it <laughs> BS. Because, and, and, I get, and, and the announcers made it very clear. They're like, listen, he, he's not breaking any rules. He's just using The rules, And to be clear, for for people who didn't see it, he had just taken the lead at 11 under par. Then he hits it in right next to the net on the driving range, and he tells the rule official, Rick, he goes, oh, I mean, I would hit this left-handed right out there into the – would you really, Nick? Would you really hit it left-handed around the light pole, out over there like a putt-putt course? But the the official has to take him at his word and say, okay, if that's what you would play – then you do get a free drop. It was, and then he would go on to get up and down and birdie the hole. When let's be honest, he should have had to chip out and probably would have just parred the hole. And there's some of it right. I mean, come on. That was that we've seen that so many times before though. And we go, what are they doing? How is that possible? But, that's the way it goes.
0: You know, some of these rules situations, and 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 right, I think it's I think it's pretty insane that all he has to do is say, "Oh, of course, yeah, I would hit it left." He doesn't have to do; he it. just to say he was going to or yeah. planning to, so that he can get that that uh, immovable object uh, <laughs> relief, which I think is hilarious. But this is kind of one of those situations, coach, where and, and you hear. Uh, sometimes in these rules uh, discussions, some of these players sound like they are litigators. They sa- they know the verbiage to use to make sure that they are using the rules to their advantage, which is almost like a 15th club in your bag is knowing the rules and knowing how to get it.
1: Well, you bring up a great point. And staring at that that picture that Jacob just put up there, it becomes even more. I just can't believe what I watched, you know, 20 minutes ago. But you're absolutely right. The announcers even made it clear. They said if he would have said, I'm going to hit this right-handed, even if it was trying to hit it right-handed forward, that doesn't matter. If he even said right-handed backwards, that doesn't matter. It was about which way he was going to hit it. These guys absolutely know, and I would love to hear some of the discussions in the locker room because if this was a guy who was – three under, four under, I doubt it would be a big issue. This dude's the leader, and he's leading by two, and he birdied this hole from that spot, and that should never happen. That should be a penalty stroke. In reality, it should be, but it wasn't.
0: Yeah, I I certainly agree with you, but Nick Taylor is going to take a two-shot lead into the weekend over a chase pack that includes a couple of big names like Webb Simpson and Russell Henley, uh, Stuart Sink, who has already won once this season, and then Von Taylor trying to also chase him down. I mean, I, I, the way that I saw Webb play over the first two rounds, I didn't think he played all that well. He shot back-to-back 65s, and then Russell Henley, who when he won here in 13, 15, 13. Okay, he, he set the set the scoring record. I mean, he knows how to get around wildlife. I think we've got fireworks in store, at least from two of these chasers.
1: Last week, a lot of us, and I can't remember who, if it was you or if it was me or, or Kyle, uh, but we thought that Webb would have some serious issues coming back from COVID. And he stumbled a little bit, but then he really started to catch fire uh, at the century. And then... This the last two days, he really looks like he's back to full strength Webb Simpson. And we know on this course that he loves this course. We know that Russell Henley loves this course. Isn't it remarkable, Rick, that when you look at the leaderboard at this tournament every single year, (laughs) how so many of the same names seem to rise to the top at this particular tournament? I don't know why it is. I don't know if it's because they've just had a break and they're coming back for most of these guys that didn't play last week. I don't know what it is but it's a lot of the same names. Uh, I'm not saying it makes the, it easy to handicap because nothing's easy about golf to handicap, but it is remarkable how much it happens.
0: It, it certainly is. And remarkable is uh one word you could use to describe Peter Malnati's Friday. Um, a psycho scorecard is another way you could describe yeah. this. I mean, the guy was our, 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 one of our 18 hole leaders. He goes out in five uh, over through seven coach. And I'm like, Dude, this guy's going to miss the cut. Like, I I know this cut's moving to four. I'm nervous for him. He figures something out. He goes six under over his final 11. And he is turning into just easily one of the most likable guys. I mean, he just gives these great post-round interviews. He seems like he's having a blast out there, even even if he's hacking it up. Like, I love watching him play. And good to see him kind of flip the switch and turn it around coming in.
1: And I love Todd Lewis. I've become good friends with him over the years. And I think he's one of the best interviewers, if not the best, uh, certainly in the golf space. And when he called him the leader in strokes gained in attitude, I thought <laughs> that was pretty accurate. Because, And then you go on to, as you just mentioned, uh, the interview was, oh, my gosh. I looked up after seven holes. They, say, they said, what was the biggest difference between Thursday and Friday? He goes, holes one through seven. And then started laughing. And that was pretty clear. But then he said, Hey, I looked up and, excuse me. And then I realized that I'm right around the cut line and I've got to get this thing going. And then he played six under over the course of the final, whatever that is 11 holes. Uh, I love watching this guy play. I love his attitude. I love that he is showing up more and more. He's not just a, oh, hey, he was able to win once. And that was a great story when his wife was pregnant and they had the baby. And now he's a legit PGA Tour player. And it's not just, oh, I'm happy to be here anymore. He is showing up more and more. And I love watching it because of his attitude. While
0: I did play a hair more difficult on Friday than it did on Thursday, but you would not have known that from Hideki Matsuyama's second nine. So Hideki goes out on 10 and he plays his first nine holes at two over. Then he gets to his second nine. The front nine makes birdie on three birdie on four birdie on six birdie on seven birdie on eight eagle on nine he becomes the third player coach to shoot 28 on the front nine at the sony open since 1983 so truly a historic set of nine holes for hideki matsuyama
1: do you see this look on my face (laughs) do you see this look on my face because i was the guy i gave out three picks today for round two bets and i had Joaquin neiman against hideki matsuyama after nine holes, I was yeah. up by five. Count them five shots. And I was already counting I was already <laughs> taking mentally my ticket straight to the pay window. And then all of a sudden I'm seeing the birdie and the birdie. And then a rare bogey from Joaquin. I'm like, wait a second. And after the 14th hole, we were down to a one-shot lead. And then it just went south. And he ended up losing by four in just this single round. So you got to give credit where credit's due. But for some reason. That never happens to me. The other way, <laughs> I'm never the guy that's down by five and I come back and win by four. That was crazy. It was crazy.
0: Uh, I will say, I I always feel like I'm on the wrong side of the cut line on a on a Friday afternoon. I was sweating Munoz and Brendan Todd all day long. They both <laughs> made it through, so I'm 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 happy. I'm very content <laughs> on this Friday evening. Um, let's talk about Joaquin because I want to look towards uh, the weekend and talk about some guys that might have a chance here. So Joaquin shoots a one under par round of. 69, which was fine. If that's his worst round of the week, he's probably in, 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 uh, in shape for a great weekend, but it's Webb Simpson. No surprise who is heading into the weekend as your favorite. He's six to one Colin Morikawa, eight and a half Russell Henley and Nick Taylor at 10. And if you're still interested in Joaquin Neiman, if you're still excited about him, 12 to one is the number he's going to head into Saturday, three shots back, but only one shot off of second place.
1: I kind of like that number. I think that's a a number that gives you value at 12-1, to to be honest with you, Uh, because he has shown the last two weeks he can go very, very low. Uh, His his, uh, approach shots are getting so close, at least they were before today. Uh, I think he's going to have a bounce back day tomorrow. Uh, I think he's playing so well that 69 was probably the worst. His game could have shot, uh, especially on this golf course. And if I'm looking at somebody in that three-shots-back area, Uh, I'm going straight to his name because he was a sexy pick, Rick, for a lot of people, including myself. I've got him in top 20 picks. I've got him in tournament matchups. So he's not sneaking up on anybody. But now we're discussing, is he good enough to come back and win? And we saw what he did on Sunday when he was way back to start the day and then he lost in a playoff. So who's to say that the fact that he's just three back, that he can't do it for the second week in a row?
0: yeah the guy who's uh, kind of interesting to me is is Daniel Berger 16 to one and you know uh, Berger kind of had a similar Friday where he didn't play all that well you think that there's still more in it but 16 to one I mean that's longer than what he was before this event started now we've chopped the field in half he's only uh, a handful of shots back he's someone that I'm pretty interested in heading into Saturday's round
1: you know what I would probably do I'd probably use him in a uh, a fantasy lineup for a, a single day uh, at DraftKings. I don't know that I would uh, bet him to win uh, just because he's four back. And I don't feel like on the weekends he's been playing good enough uh, to come from behind. Uh, he played great in the summer and he's been playing good, but he hasn't been playing good enough to win. That's, that's a big difference, right, Rick? Playing yeah. good enough to be a top ten machine and being good enough to win. Those are two completely different things. I don't think he is, but I see your point in value at 16 to 1.
0: Here's here's a game I love to play on Friday evenings called How Far Back is Too Far Back? <laughs> so, you know, we were kind of <laughs> like... Game.
1: That's a great uh, game.
0: I mean, literally, it's not like Nick Taylor is a runaway guy. If it was Justin Thomas who had a two-shot lead, and you're like, oh, he might just extend this and win this by four or five shots. I mean, th- I think this is pretty wide open. You know, we were kind of saying everybody in the field within eight shots. If one of those guys goes out, shoots a 63 on Saturday morning, this might be a different story. So coach, I ask you how far back is too far back.
1: Let's, let's be realistic because when that happens, almost every single time um, you don't have this many big names at the top. It's usually the lesser known guys. And then the big names are behind, right? Yeah. That's not the case this week. So in order to come back from eight back and catch Webb catch Morikawa, catch Joaquin, catch, you know, I mean, uh, Billy Horschel, Adam Scott. You got to pass all these dudes to win if you start at four under. So for me, I'm realistically looking at the sevens because the sevens, there's 34 Mm -hmm. that are at seven under or better. And to me, to leapfrog 30 golfers in two days is a very, very difficult thing to do.
0: I was trying to convince myself the sixes were live, but I, I think I'm fooling myself. I think I think the sevens is is right. And and we've talked, I we probably talked about this last Friday. It's the number of guys you have to pass and 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 the caliber of their games, which is gonna cause you issues. But uh either way, coach, what I see at YLI over the weekend is probably lots of birdies. I mean, I saw a ton a ton of eagle looks all day long on those two par fives. There's the drivable par four. I mean, there are numbers to be shot out there, I think we're going to see a lot of really good golf and a lot of fun stuff over the course of the next two days.
1: There's two numbers I'm looking at heading into the weekend, Rick, and that is uh, strokes gained off the tee and strokes gained approach. Because if those two things are in the plus category, that means they're getting it in play and they're getting it close. So look for those two numbers, and then I would package those two numbers together if you're going to play over the weekend.
0: There you go. That's the coach. You can find him on Twitter at the coach rules. I'm Rick Gaiman. And you can find me at Rick run. Good producer, Jacob behind the glass with all the good graphics and everything else. This has been the first cut. And we'll catch you this time.